0: This is Mark Romaldi, Leslie's executive producer, joining you each Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern while I keep the seat warm for Leslie as she does her TV appearances as a Fox News contributor fighting the good fight against the right, as she said uh, before, I believe would be one of her taglines. So while she is there... We are here, and we have the privilege of being joined by a good friend of the show many of you know already, Julian Zelizer, who is a political historian at Princeton University and a New America Foundation fellow. You can find Julian's work at CNN.com forward slash opinion. And his most recent book is The Fierce Urgency of Now, Lyndon Johnson, Congress and the Battle for the Great Society. Julian, thanks for coming back on the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, Julian, I know one thing uh, by reading uh, your piece today um, on CNN and also just by listening to you, you know, for actually years now on the show, um, you know, you do a good job of kind of of comparing what we're dealing with now politically um, to how things have gone historically. And the president um, kind of outlined towards the end of his final State of the Union address last night um, how he regretted that. America was more divided now than when he became president, and he said, I believe uh, his words were, you know, if he was a, a better president like Lincoln or Roosevelt, maybe he could have been uh, doing a better job to unify the country. And the president has always, I thought, did a good good, a good job of, even if it's a problem that he wasn't, you know, solely responsible for, or even, I would say uh, – you could give him a majority of the responsibility for. I don't think you could. He really takes it on his shoulders and I think does a good job, but rightfully so says I'm the president, you know, I'm taking responsibility for this, but I want to ask you and Julian, I know you're a parent, so I know you don't like to to take sides in fights and who started this, who started that. But, you know, looking at Obama's presidency and what I want you to do is compare it historically to how the other side has treated a president. You know, my understanding and I obviously, you know, many times have said before, I'm a fan of President Obama. Um, My politics lean left. But looking at it historically and objectively, Uh, the president really faced a level of not just political opposition, but really some of the things that were said to him and about him. You know, Joe Wilson standing up during one of the State of the Unions and and yelling, you lie, Um, people calling him a secret Muslim, saying he's from Kenya, Um, not just disagreeing with him, but really attacking the man in very personal terms. And then in addition to that, It was almost like the Republican Party didn't want to come up with their own ideas to oppose the president. And instead, their entire mission, as was said by Mitch McConnell before the second election, was to make him a one-term president. So although the president wants to take some of the blame for this bitter divide in America, how do you see it uh, and how do you think it'll be looked at historically, Julian? Yeah, I mean,
1: I I don't think in the end uh, somehow he failed to do something that other presidents could do. And I see two different ways in which you know he wasn't really getting at the problem. One is beyond him in that the kind of polarization we've seen in politics starts before he's ever in the White House, before he's running, and has nothing to do with him. So if you look at the Bill Clinton term, for example, you can see very fierce attacks on him, calling him a murderer, Uh, trying to impeach him, Uh, the House does this, and the the Senate ultimately says no. Uh, And some would argue you have some of that ferocity for sure for George W. Bush from the Democratic side. So polarization has been going on. It has to do with our news media and our campaign finance system and the nature of the party. But the second part of it is that uh, I think many observers argue that you've seen this real rightward shift certainly since 2009 – accelerating in 2010 with a real dislike, personal dislike, not just a policy dislike uh, toward who this president is. And there's different explanations. Some argue it's about race. Other argue that was he was very progressive compared uh, to where a lot of the country was. Um, but as you said, the animosity has been very sharp and and. At the same time, Republicans have moved to the right. That's just a fact. You can look at voting patterns. You can look at ideology. Uh, so those are two things that I'm not sure he could have done much to reverse whatever he did.
0: Now, looking ahead, I mean, I, I, I obviously Hillary Clinton right now is the favorite on the Democratic side. You know, obviously we have Iowa and New Hampshire coming up. Things could change. The race is tight. And right now on the right, Donald Trump is the front-runner. I mean, I don't see this getting any better. If anything, it could potentially get worse. How do you see it?
1: For sure. It will get worse, or these trends will continue. Uh, You know, one of the things President Obama talked a little bit about in the State of the Union and has talked about at other moments is that unless you change the political process, the dynamics we're seeing will not end uh, because this kind of politics is produced by the environment, by the way politics works, as much as any individual. And, you know, President Obama has failed to deal with issues like campaign finance reform uh, or the primary process. And so given those aren't going to change, given that Freedom Caucus will remain in place and Republicans will control the House, uh, I think that you're going to have a similar kind of politics for sure in the next few years.
0: Julian, you wrote... uh... Some time ago, that campaign finance reform is, is seems impossible at times. But you brought up the great work that was done in campaign finance after Watergate, and what many people thought you know would never happen, and it did. Is it going to take a, an incident like that or a, a huge event like that before it, it shakes our system? And, and if so, I guess the second part of my question is 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 more of a hopeful question, which is if you look at the millennial generation, I'm hopeful that they're not they don't seem to disagree in the same way that the current political class does and some people will argue because you know it's because they're young and they're naive but i just think if you look at that generation and you look at the the bicultural and the biracial um makeup of this generation and you know the the fact that they don't argue as much about things like lgbt issues um i guess that's the second part of my question if you'd like to address both
1: yeah i mean uh on the second part uh hopefully uh, that's the case and it's true on a lot of issue areas there's more agreement although on some questions like economics you can see lines of division forming among Millennials and and you don't know what's going to happen as they get older uh, there could be new sources of debate where they are polarized might not be the old cultural war issues but but other uh, issues could replace them so I think we're only starting to learn whether there's some kind of new politics and new consensus uh, emerging. We'll see. Again, the political process is going to push millennials in different directions. It's going to enforce division. Uh, That's what this political system does, and we can see that happen. On the first part, usually it's been big scandals that generate interest in campaign finance reform. That happened in the progressive era the early 20th century and in the 1970s after Watergate. You know, the problem today is the bar is low. And so, you know, it, it would take a very big scandal at this, at this moment to really shock people. Um, but that might be uh, what it requires to change the system. The other is government dysfunction. That is something that bothers a lot of Americans in both parties. And you could imagine the government being unable to respond to a very serious crisis that finally creates uh, room in politics to discuss making the process smoother. Uh, But without some huge event like that, we rarely have reform.
0: Julian, uh, in our last minute here, when you're looking at our current political system and the type of division that we're experiencing now, if you had to, to kind of, I guess, I don't know if you want to compare it or rank it to history, I, I understand from looking at history myself that we've been more divided at times in the past, but how would you compare our current political system and division in America to uh, our America's history?
1: You know, we're, we're in a bad period, but it's not the only bad period we've had. So there was lots of partisan division in the 19th century. In the 1950s, the division within each party, between Southern Democrats and Northern Democrats, brought the system to a halt, And now we have a a sharp red-blue divide. Uh, So I think there's just a few periods where government works smoothly. This is the new kind of division we have, um, but it's still just the significance. Even though we've had it before, it doesn't mean this is a good way to conduct business.
0: Julian, thanks as always for coming on the show. We really appreciate your work. Thanks so much. That's Julian Zelizer. You can find him on Twitter, at Julian Zelizer. That's J-U-L-I-A-N-Z-E-L-I-Z-E-R. Find his work at CNN.com forward slash opinion. This is Mark Romaldi, Leslie's executive producer, sitting in for the great Leslie Marshall.